You are listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. Dairy Voice podcast is proudly sponsored by Jeffo. Jeffo's protected solutions optimize health and performance of dairy cows during periods of stress. To find out more, go to jeffo.ca. That's J-E-F-O dot C-A. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. Hello, this is Dairy Voice Podcast, produced by Dairy Business. I'm Connie Cooper of Seal Pro Silage Barrier Films by Connor AgriScience. Today, we have a delicious conversation for you. With the economics of dairy farming, there are families who need an extra income and they are searching for a way to tie that income to the farm operation they already are running. We are fortunate to talk with David Gremmels of Rogue Creamery in Oregon. We are grateful for the story of his journey into cheesemaking and distribution, and we appreciate his insight and experience. So welcome, David, to the Dairy Voice podcast. Thank you, Connie. Thank you for asking me to join you today. And I'm really excited to share the Road Creamery story, but also a bit about my journey too. Let's just start. Tell me about your journey. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, my family's background is in daring. And uh, like you, uh, my family is from Minnesota. So my grandfather's dairy farm was on Big Stone Lake. And so I have very fond memories of my family driving from the Pacific Northwest to Minnesota. And that's where I would spend my summers helping my grandfather. And so my father also created a farm, but it wasn't a dairy farm, it was a beef farm. I felt, you know, having that grounding growing up in 4-H was just a phenomenal experience. and. Uh, certainly raising steers and auctioning them off um, assisted me with going to college. Um, I just really have fond, fond memories of that childhood. Um, But I I really wanted to um, move away from my agricultural roots and move into the corporate life. And I I worked um, earnestly at... uh, Um, becoming a creative director and then uh, a vice president of design for uh, food and gift products. And so um, my last corporate job was with Harry and David. And that's what brought me back to the Pacific Northwest. Mm, It reunited me with the Pacific Northwest. And uh, I was dabbling in a, a small endeavor of creating a wine and cheese bar just over 20 years ago and felt like leading a corporate life. I I just needed to connect with my community and the best way would be to create a place where people could grab a cup of coffee, a slice of cheese, um, a freshly baked roll, uh, or maybe in the evening, a glass of wine or a pint of our famed um, organ IPAs. <laughs> so that concept was developing over a few years, and it was time to develop the menu 
And so I, I sought some local cheeses. I went to Rogue Creamery at that time called the Rogue River Valley Creamery. And um, met this fellow, Ignacio Vela. And uh, he was the owner of the Rogue River Valley Creamery at that time and, and showed me this uh, incredible make facility that just not only visually did it have um, the history just unfold in front of it uh, in, in that they never threw anything away. There was equipment stockpiled in corners. There was packaging and labels that were certainly out of date, but um, were saved on shelves. And you had to kind of maneuver sideways through the hallways because there was so much stuff. <laughs> and I was just so captivated by the history, but mostly by the taste of the classic signature Oregon brand blue vein cheese and the rolled gold cheddar, uh, now called the Jefferson cheddar. Mr. Vela, after touring me around the facilities, both the Cheddar Make facility and the Blue Make facility, asked me to join him for a cup of coffee and some cheese. And I sat down at his uh, kitchen table and uh, um, I shared that I really enjoyed the tour and the history and uh, would be honored to um, showcase his cheese on my menu. He looked at me and he said, if you want my cheese, you're going to have to make it yourself. I'm going to shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> and he threw the keys on the kitchen table and he said, you have two weeks to take a look around and make me an offer. I'm oh, like, wow. oh my <gasps> gosh, <laughs> oh. I didn't see that coming. And I was, I was stunned. I, I, I had to ask him, are, are you asking me to purchase your family's business? And he said, you're damn right. <laughs> 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 so I put together an offer uh, to acquire his business. And um, I did two weeks of due negligence because I had no idea about the business. <laughs> but I did my work in creating a business plan and, and seeing if I could pencil it out and, uh, and, and make it work and realized that I could serve thousands of people a day uh, through distributing real creamery cheese, or I could serve maybe 50 to 100 people through my wine and cheese bar. And so I decided to pick the bigger opportunity and uh, proposed an offer. It was rejected. My heart was broke. <laughs> <laughs> I came back with a, a more generous offer. Uh, again, my due negligence. <laughs> and he accepted. Um, and Ignacio Vela worked alongside of me for that first year. Um, his wife, Sal, asked him to help and asked him to open doors for me. And I'm grateful for that opportunity. Right. He passed uh, in 2011, I think. And uh, so just shy of his 83rd birthday, but he was really proud of the growth 
and the energy uh, at Rogue Creamery. And after working that first year with me alongside me and teaching me about cheese making and introducing me to distributors and buyers, uh, it was time for him to return to Sonoma and uh, work alongside his team at Vela Cheese. And on occasion, he would uh, come up um, and visit and work alongside of me or uh, his wife, Sal, would call and ask me to come and get him. So uh, it was fond memories of working alongside of Igvela and having a mentor who was known as the godfather of the American Artists and Cheese Movement, as well as the first Lifetime Achievement Award winner. Igvela was pretty amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> such a gift, such a gift. When your goal is to help animals reach their full potential, health matters. Diamond V offers a fresh perspective on animal health, a perspective that supports gut health, strengthens immunity, and ultimately enhances performance. For those who choose to invest in keeping healthy animals healthy, feeding Diamond V makes a statement about another dimension of profit, where margins are measured by confidence in your future. To get a fresh perspective, visit diamondv.com, because animal health deserves a healthier approach. What a story. What an incredible story. And uh, being at the right place at the right time. Wow, that's really wonderful. So tell me about your, your dairy herd. Let's talk about that. Yeah, Connie, uh, the dairy um, actually came after acquiring the Rogue Creamery. What I saw um, in the short period of time of owning Rogue Creamery, the dairies were going out of business around me, and that was devastating to see. And I felt I needed to invest in dairies. So the best way I could imagine doing that, um, I, I loved um, genetics in, in, in cattle. And so I used that 4-H knowledge to acquire uh, brown Swiss cows and brown Swiss heifers. And I asked dairy farmers in this region if they wouldn't mind caring for these animals in, for a period of time before I envisioned owning my own dairy one day. And, uh, and they said, yes. Um, so I partnered with three dairies in the region uh, who uh, would care for and uh, certainly breed um, these cows and so my herd built uh, over time and uh, and and I learned a lot with working um, alongside of the dairy farmers that I partnered with and uh, and I knew that one day Rogue Creamery would have its own dairy because um, these dairy farmers were getting up there in age and um, and deservingly uh, they they desired to retire. <laughs> and, so, <Right. laughs> and so though I would have loved to have continued purchasing milk from them um, forever, I, I knew that um, that these dairies would be uh, retiring and 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 shuttering and and moving into uh, maybe production of hay and some of our are producing hemp today and so they're evolving. And uh, there were about a dozen dairies in my region. And now they're 
are, I believe, three, including the one that I acquired, um, which was an organic dairy, uh, which I opened in 2012. And so um, that was a great experience that, uh, and really an evolutionary process for me of realizing that I can't restore every building <laughs> that I acquire. Um, and so that was a, a teardown and rebuild. So uh, I'm built what I would consider a state-of-the-art dairy um, that was uh, influenced by a tour of dairies that I took in the Pacific Northwest and also in Tasmania, Australia. Okay, so is all the milk then that you use now produced at your dairy or do you bring in other milk from the area or how does that work? Uh, so we have uh, grown um, to a point where we are acquiring dairy milk outside of our dairy. So uh, the good news is we're able to support at a sustainable price um, uh, dairy farmers in the region. So I'm purchasing milk from a family uh, in Etna, California, which is just a stone's throw from us here in the Rogue Valley. So the Rogue Valley borders uh, California. So the creamery is about 33 miles from the border. And I live about 15 miles from the border. So okay. Etna, California is just a stone's throw and right. really proud of the milk that Doug Hale is producing there organically uh, for our cheese. So um, milk produced for cheese is somewhat different than fluid milk. I'm, I'm not looking for um, high butter fats. I'm just looking for a ratio of components that are balanced that will increase my yield in cheese. And I've learned that over time. So um, about 3.5% uh, butter fat is just perfect. And then an equal percentage of solids will then um, produce about 11% yield. Uh, and the average is 10%. So I'm 1% ahead in my business plan. So it's really helped us to focus on um, the composition of milk aligned with our cheese reducing feed cost. Uh, um, so our cows are primarily grazers uh, and the grain that is utilized um, daily is only a treat that is in the robotic system I that see. we use. Sure. Yeah. So um, when you purchased the Rogue Creamery, was it known then for blue and cheddar as well as it is now? Yeah, um, so Connie, the Rogue Creamery is moving into its 90th year. Oh my. Can you believe it? Wow. It was founded in 1933 uh, by a cooperative um, that was a brainchild of an entrepreneur out of Portland. It was fledgling. And then um, in 1935, uh, two cheese making families, the Vivianis and the Vellas, went into a partnership and acquired the Rogue River Valley Creamery. 
um, then in the 40s, the Velas uh, decided to solely own it and move forward with it. And it was in 2002, as you know, I purchased it. The primary cheese being produced at Rogue Creamery, and this will surprise you, uh, is cheddar. Um, so it's really the foundation, the building block. And the two cheddar brands um, are Rogue Gold and Jefferson Cheddar. Okay. And Jefferson Cheddar uh, is a brand that is reminiscent of a time when um, Oregon wanted to incorporate and it was getting pushed back. And so finally uh, it was incorporated into the union and uh, the, the name Jefferson is, is, is uh, assigned to the public radio station here, to uh, environmental groups, and of course, to our famed cheddar. And, and, and the blue cheese then, how did that come about? Ooh, so it was in the early 50s that um, Gatano Vela, Ignacio Vela's father, decided that he wanted to bring a Roquefort style blue into um, the Northwest. And so he went to Roquefort. He learned how to make Roquefort blue. Uh, he brought back the recipe, plans to build a make facility that emulated a Roquefort style make facility. And um, he, he launched the um, Oregon brand Blue Vein Cheese in 19, about 53, 54. So okay. uh, we have the original make records. Uh, so it's done in a Roquefort style. However, uh, it's um, using cow milk instead of sheep milk. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And so it's approachable in flavor. It's not too spicy. Um, it's, it's just lots of umami and a lovely fruit flavor to it. It's, it's really the classic blue cheese representing the Pacific Northwest. And I grew up with Oregon blue and uh, Tillamook. Tillamook cheddar on our table. Those were the table cheeses my mother served every evening. But so the brand is very familiar to me, but you know, Oregon brand blue vein cheese is a mouthful. So I decided to use my marketing skills and shorten that to become Oregon blue. Uh, and also uh, we've worked with a local design uh, firm out of Portland to help us update the label to give it some personality like the other blues that I've created uh, in the last two decades. And so the label represents the Oregon black bear. There are more black bears in Oregon than there are people. Yet she is the guardian of our cheese caves. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So, and those, you have a black bear variety. Is that what you call it? Is, what do you call it? We call it Oregon blue and, um, and she's the mascot on our label. I see. Okay. She has um, uh, a necklace of Oregon grape around her neck, a crown of uh, um, uh, ferns and, and um, pine cones. And of course, Oregon morels and truffles surrounding her. So it's really 
a lovely, fun label that represents our region. Right. And now I noticed on your website uh, that you have some different varieties of blue as well, variations on that. Can you tell us about those? Uh, I wasn't going to just rest with the two um, recipes that Igvela uh, taught me to create, and that's the organ blue and organzola, an Italian style blue. So I went on to create Rogue River Blue. It's a naturally rinded blue and that's wrapped in Syrah grape leaves. The grape leaves are handpicked at a local organic vineyard and soaked in locally created uh, pear liqueur. And that's how those leaves are preserved. So really a reflection of this landscape. And so in creating Rogue River Blue, I just wanted to create a cheese like any artist creates uh, a painting or a drawing, um, something that had never been experienced before. So um, just creating a new flavor. So if you were to close your eyes and taste that cheese, my goal is that the flavors that are presented in that cheese will bring you right here to this place. It's a cheese that is very uh, fruit forward in flavor, you can imagine, because of the grape leaves and the pear liqueur, but it's also really balanced with umami. And we're only utilizing our autumnal milk. Flavors that that milk bring in are very savory, um, notes of like cereal. I grew up with grape nuts, so that's the cereal <laughs> that comes to mind. <laughs> uh, but, and it's not overly blue. It's just very soft in that blue peppery note. And the cave development isn't um, over the top, meaning those little pockets of blue in the uh, wheel, is, they're very sparse. Um, and I recommend not only eating the cheese, but enjoying the rind with the grape leaf on it, so. Have you run out of silage? Had to buy expensive, marked up feed to fill the gap? Maybe production's dropped due to lower dry matter intakes. Are molds or mycotoxins creeping through your piles or bunkers? And pitching the rot is a dangerous pain. Oxygen is the enemy. Pack it out, then keep it out with Seal Pro, the professional grade silage barrier film protection chosen by top professional farmers like you. Make more, better, safer silage with Seal Pro. Learn more at SealProSilage.com. So let's talk about you mentioned before that you needed to make a business plan. Tell me about the business plan that you made before you went in to purchase the Rogue Creamery and, and what that included. Yeah, so um, I, I really needed to take a run at uh, acquiring Rogue Creamery uh, with conventional financing. So I looked at my personal savings um, and uh, felt that I could um, leverage um, my savings as well as my home in that business plan to support um, uh, not only purchasing Rogue Creamery, but building inventory. And that was the key um, 
the Rogue Creamery was on the verge of closure at that time. So that was 20 plus years ago. And it was in arrears with creditors. So I had that to think about financially too, is how do I bring back the Rogue Creamery's um, uh, place with its creditors in a positive light. So um, in, in paying back uh, its debts and uh, supporting its future and supporting the future in cheese. Um, and this isn't fresh cheese, right? This is aged cheese. The cheddars are aged, so there's some uh, time underneath those cheeses, as well as the blue cheeses are aged. So what I found quickly is the more age I put underneath the cheeses, the better the flavor. And the opportunity that allowed me to balance that flavor too, so creating consistency. So. One of the things that I did bring into Rogue Creamery was um, daily organoleptic practices. So we taste every lot of cheese that is um, scheduled for release before it's release and understand if there, it's necessary or not to put more aging underneath that cheese. And every recipe from the cheddars to the blues um, have their own organoleptic um, score sheet. And organoleptics are primarily the look, the taste, the texture, and the smell of the cheese. And so there's a one to 10 score based on every aspect of that cheese. And so the business plan reviewed um, in the two week process of uh, prior to purchasing Rogue Creamery, um, the accounts, its sales, um, its distributors. Uh, and I decided to reach out to those buyers and get an idea uh, so I could create a forecast and pencil out the opportunity of eking out a profit. And I like to operate all areas of my business in what I would call a plus one. <laughs> so that's even in the areas of input. So um, processing, which is packaging, the dairy, the farm stand, the cheese shop, every part of the business plan, I created a formula for each business entity um, bringing back either a break even in our dairy and hopefully a plus one by adding um, a farm stand and by adding compost sales and things like that. So uh, the goal was to figure out a formula to netting a profit at the gate. You know, I just really uh, needed that profit um, Rogue Creamery has been a closely held business and, uh, and so, and I don't come into this with deep pockets. So yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of resources and I knew that I would have to build my reputation, um, in the community, uh, to get the bank's support. So in the beginning, I utilized my savings to leverage um, my line of credit 
Um, then when I was able to turn that line of credit year after year um, and refreshing it, so that's paying it off and right. starting again, the banks became more confident. And I say banks, I also felt like I needed more than one bank um, to support me. I had a bank that I financed real property with in moving forward with the dairy uh, bank that supported me um, with the front end of the business, the retail environment, and a bank that supported me with the wholesale environment. It's it's kind of odd to think about that, but um, what it did help, I think, in looking back, is it helped me leverage the opportunities uh, in the business plan with my banking partners. And I truly looked at them as partners and, and kept in touch with them daily, um, if not throughout the day uh, of our successes or also our challenges. And so really developed uh, great relationships with our banking partners that helped me move Rogue Creamery forward to where it is today and align with a business partner so in daring so i i decided to um, move away from uh, conventional financing and utilize uh, the assistance of a dairy partner uh, in savincia so savincia cheese is my business partner today so david um, you are a creative. You've had lots of experience in the corporate world with Harry and David marketing for them. I think that uh, that might be the real missing link here in somebody trying to market their own cheese. So can you give us some pointers on uh, we, we know that we can learn how to make cheese. We know that we can learn how to milk the cows. But getting that product to market, what kind of tips do you have for people who are trying to do that kind of thing? I've learned a lot about marketing cheese over the last two decades. And I hearken back to when I acquired Rogue Creamery. I really was steadfast in listening to our customers and, and trying to understand truly what their customers desire in pre-cuts, in random weights, um, in flavor. And that's what inspired the number of recipes that Rogue Creamery has today. Truly, um, my marketing budget has been not a shoestring, but a thread <laughs> over the years. And so I've learned to leverage opportunities with other industry partners, whether it's cheese makers, winemakers, retailers, other B Corps, and collaboratively um, move forward in uh, promotional plans that support all equally. And all the marketing that Rogue Creamery has done has been a collaborative marketing approach. Also a business approach is, is looking at not only um, the impact uh, that we have had 
with stakeholders, um, maybe uh, for a not-for-profit event and, and the resources that were raised to support that event and uh, for that specific not-for-profit. But it's also um, looking at the impact of a promotion within a small regional chain of stores or a national chain and, and understanding what that cost and that impact and that return is. Of course, um, to be a viable business, we, we need to be profitable. We use that profit to reinvest in our team and in our inventory, our herd, uh, and, uh, and certainly uh, in building our relationships. So um, through marketing, our social media campaign has been um, robust and, and continues to be robust over the years and is a transparent way for us to express who we are and, and, and also express the personalities of our herd. So each of our cows has a name. And so we celebrate that and celebrate that individualism in each of our herd members. And um, we also uh, engage the community in helping us name um, our calves too. So that has been a great success. I've always aspired to have a robust e-commerce site. I, I, our store has been a gradual build. It's a retail environment in Central Point and and now it has a strong presence and has become one of the number one tourist attractions in the Rogue Valley. We have a farm stand at the dairy that supports it and furthers education and awareness of organic dairying. And I'm really proud of the strides that have been made there and, and the impact um, to our bottom line at the dairy. So it's another element of support for our dairy's finances. But the e-commerce um, has really been uh, an inspiration of growth uh, within the company and a way for us to tell our story. And so it has been worth the years and years of investment that we've put into it. And we've seen um, incremental growth in all of our points of distribution, um, the cheese shop, the farm stand, and e-commerce. But e-commerce has really led that growth. And, um, and I don't want to discount our relationships with distributors and retailers and the presence of our cheese um, in distribution through wholesale distributors has also and been part of the Rogue Creamery strategy, um, allowing our cheese, our brand, and our story to reach um, um, cheese shops, independent retailers, restaurants, um, and especially retailers nationwide. So it's been really uh, exciting to see a multi-channel distribution working and I, I can't discount my start. My start was at farmer's markets and that's where I really learned about my customer. 
the farmers markets uh, are so valuable in starting any food business. That's where I really recommend um, most businesses start because you get instant feedback. And when you get it right, you have a customer for life. Um, right. I call them a guest <laughs> yeah, because they're going to hang out at your cheese stand. Um, and they're also going to visit your creamery and your dairy and, uh, and become a friend. Tell me about the, um, I noticed on your website, you've done a lot of work in energy and uh, sustainability efforts. Tell me about those kinds of things that you've done. Honey, um, sustainability has been a part of my family's history. And I think it's a part of every a dairy farmer and cheesemaker's daily commitment, um, right? Uh, really looking at our natural resources and trying to conserve those, whether it's water uh, or energy or fuel. And so maximizing opportunities to conserve where we can, but also building to the future, um, building our soil uh, to support our herd and to support future generations. And that's why I practice organically, not utilizing any petroleum-based herbicides or pesticides on the properties that we own and thinking uh, about the future generations that will um, manage and lead this land resourcefully. The Rogue Creamery Dairy is bordered on one side by the wild and scenic Rogue River. Mm-hmm. So it's magical. And it's, it's really critical for us to be conscientious about any application um, onto our pastures. So uh, we're very strict in managing it and, and giving a very large breadth of space between the dairy and the wild and scenic rogue for the applications of our manure and for our grazing. And this also allows for the natural habitat and migration of of wildlife along the Rogue River too. Sustainability is part of Rogue Creamery's mission. The mission was created by the Rogue Creamery team. I'm so proud of them. I came at Rogue Creamery with five words as part of its values and those values are with us today it's safe healthy positive other centered so um, we approach everything in a safe healthy positive and other centered manner at road creamery and we have that impact within our environment and also in our community and environment in creating cheese. It starts right there. It starts at our dairy. And that's really the step I took and put a lot of faith in that step in creating a dairy to support Rogue Creamery's future. It reflects in the accolades that we've garnered over the years as well. So our commitment first and foremost is to our herd to our land that our herd grazes on. And that supports the quality of milk that's balanced in composition for our cheese. Really proud of 
the team and um, I, I give them um, a huge gratitude uh, for the commitment to our mission and values, which support the accolades that we've won over the years. You must have an incredible team that you work with. I'm inspired every day by my team, truly. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. And nobody has joined Rogue Creamery as a cheesemaker, but certainly we've had team members leave us as a cheesemaker and a lead cheesemaker to go on and start ventures. And so um, I think what I can leave this place with is, is knowing that Rogue Creamery is having a positive impact in the future of daring and also the future of cheesemaking. Very interesting. Um, what do you see as, with that in mind, what do you see as the future for your creamery? I see Rogue Creamery continuing to be a positive influencer in not only agriculture, but the way business impacts and influences uh, community. It was in 2013 that we became Oregon's first B Corporation. And B Corporations are a group of businesses around the world that utilize their profits as a force of good. That is so inspiring to the team and to me every day. I think that Rogue Creamery will have an influence, I hope, on future businesses in, in considering becoming a B Corp and maybe even becoming organic too. So right. Thank you, David, for joining us today on Dairy Voice Podcast. Uh, could you give us your website? Um, I know that we can purchase cheese online, and I just know that our listeners are going to want to log on and, and find your cheese and, and taste some themselves. Yes, um, our website is www.roadcreamery.com. This uh, month, we have um, our Woa Nelly available. It's a cheese that's available occasionally that's spiced with pickled jalapeno peppers. It's a lovely cheddar. Our cheese's love is a cheddar that I'm super proud of. It's the Jefferson cheddar with extra age underneath it. And for every block of cheese's love that's purchased, we donate an equal amount of cheese to our local food bank. Oh, that's wonderful. And the last of Rogue River Blue is available on the website too. So it's such a treat. I just tasted it yesterday. It's uh, so fudgy. Those lactic calcium and phosphorus crystals are present. And it's just full of just lovely flavor. Uh, Well-balanced. So. Well, thank you again, David. We really appreciate the time that you spent with us and the information that you were so willingly uh, and able to give us. Um, we appreciate it very much. My pleasure, Connie. And if you or any of your listeners have any questions, feel free to email me. And uh, that email is david.grimmels at roguecreamery.com. Very good. And let's spell rogue for everybody so they know what that's spelled as. 
Yes, uh, Rogue is named after this valley that I live and enjoy um, and work. It's Rogue, R-O-G-U-E, and of course, Creamery, C-R-E-A-M-E-R-Y.com. Very good. All right. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for everyone listening, everyone. My name is Connie Cooper. I'm with Seal Pro Silage Barrier Films by Connor AgriScience, and I am so happy to have brought this podcast to you today.